This is episode 371 for June 2015, and that song is Jump Around, because we're going to be talking about a villain that jumps around a bit on a pogo called the Jack-O-Lantern, and that's from House of Pain, and Spider-Man's going to be bringing some pain to this villain in this Friday Night Fight. But before we get to it, I'd like to ask for your support of this crawl space. Log into our front page, look for a button on the right-hand side that says support this site via PayPal, and you can help us pay the bills and pay the bandwidth costs and the web hosting to make sure that uh, 371 podcasts are free and ready for you to download anytime you like. All right, let's jump around and get into this fight. I missed these. Hey, Carl Spacers, welcome to our Friday Night Fights for June. We haven't done this in a while, George. No, and I blame you. I know you do. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're headed back to 1984, July of 1984, for Amazing Spider-Man number 254, Spidey vs. the Jack-O-Lantern. Wow, I used to have to do all that, and now you're, you're like taking care of it for me. Written by it's, Tom It's DeFalco. like you took all this time <laughs> off and like recharged your battery <laughs> to the point where you're like, I'll just do the whole goddamn thing now. Written by Tom DeFalco, pencils by Rick Leonardi. We open the book up. Oh, well, sorry, George. Go ahead. No, no, let me know how it plays out. I'll just sit and listen. <laughs> Good grief. Before we get started, I want to tell you a little story about this oh issue. Oh, my God. Uh, I, uh, this was the first issue of the black suit that I was able to find on the spinner rack. I went a couple months without bi- buying Amazing Spider-Man back in July of 84, because Lord knows you couldn't find that 252 on the, on the spinner rack. And 253, I didn't have any luck with either. But this is the first one where... I went from Amazing Spider-Man 251 and then Secret Wars, probably 1 and 2. Yeah. And this was probably my first view of the black suit when I was nine years old. This is the first time you've seen so, it was this cover? Probably, yeah. This is Because this is the first one I remember buying. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, But it's a good fight. The hob- Hobgoblin's kind of in it, but not really. Yeah, the, spe- the, the shadow <laughs> of the Hobgoblin. Yeah. The specter. Or of the Hobgoblin is is pervasive throughout, mm-hmm. and uh, actually the story takes place uh, oh a few weeks after a huge uh, Spider-Man uh, Hobgoblin fight that happened in ASM 251 uh, when uh, Hobgoblin had his battle van, which was like this really cool. It's not like uh, it's not like the what was. Uh, X Factors, X Factors. Remember that what, what yeah. we did where they had where they had like a, a nondescript blue van, right? What, what was the name of that that group that X Factor was playing? They're mutant oh, something. The X something. Hell, who knows? It's it's all clean. Exterminators. Exterminators. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, yeah. it's not like their van was like a nondescript blue, blue van that had free candy written in the dust on the side. Or the Punisher Battle Van, which was cool. Yeah, the Punisher Battle Van was pretty cool, but I mean, you know, yeah. maybe it makes you makes you think what well, what could have happened between in like a fight between the Punisher and the Hobgoblin in their vans. Nice, you know. And if and if you collect the uh, the pop figures, there's a new Deadpool Chimichanga Van. I, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I actually saw that uh, in real life. Oh, you did. I saw how, that in the store. how much is it? How much? I thought about buying. I don't. It. I don't remember how much it was. I think it's like thirty bucks. I'm good. 
Yeah. <laughs> but it looks cool. But I saw that, and I saw, like, uh, there's some kind of new Ghostbusters car out, like the Ectomobile. There's, like, some kind of new Ectomobile yeah. model. I don't. I can't remember if it's, if it's, like, Funko or something else, but... Yeah, that, that company's fun. Yeah. Hence why they have the name Funko. Funko, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, take, take me through it. We're, set up the fight. Okay, here. so the last time Spidey and Hobgoblin fought... Uh, Hobgoblin wound up going into the East River or whatever river it is uh, in his battle van, and Spider-Man actually dove down to uh, you know try to see if if he was still alive. And back then, uh, all you had was like the Hobgoblin's mask floating up yeah. out of the river, and so you didn't know if he was alive or dead. Spoiler: He was alive. <laughs> so here the authorities are finally getting around to fishing out the Hobgoblin's battle van out of the water. And so Spider-Man's, you know, Spider-Man's on the scene, um, just looking, you know, just keen to see, you know, keen to see if, if there's anything to find, you know, anything further to find, you know, uh, in regards to is the Hobgoblin alive or not. I mean, you know, everything he, he has seen with his eyes tells him the Hobgoblin's dead, which, you know, uh, being a seasoned crime fighter means he's probably still out there somewhere. <laughs> um, and and yep. sure enough, uh, very quickly we find out that um, that the road crews uh, hauling this thing away are actually working for it looks like Hobgoblin. We see a shadowy figure in a pumpkin bomb yep. uh, on a table, and and we're assuming you know saying hey take it to the impound yard, and we're assuming okay well look it's it's Roderick Kingsley. Um, and give you a little more context about this uh, this period in time because we like to give context, Brad. Yeah, we do. We like to give context. And um, this period in time, Spider-Man had just gotten the the symbiote costume. Well, he had just gotten back with it from Secret Wars, rather. I guess that's yeah. pro- more proper to say. Um, which makes him a little more agile, makes him a little stronger, uh, gives him pretty much unlimited webbing. Yeah, uh, and he's still working at the at the bugle, um, still giving them pictures. Aunt May is running a boarding house uh, full of uh, elderly swingers. <laughs> She's not very happy with them. No, <laughs> and uh, and later on in this in this episode or episode in this in this issue, we'll <laughs> uh, we'll get clued into the to the fact that Peter's working with a a, a new a new reporter. Um. Over at the bugle, and mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask Jr. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to this gal? Her name was Wendy Thornton. Yeah, I I I don't remember her at and all. And she popped up, you know, like like this time, and I can't remember if she popped up anywhere else, but I remember her from this issue. Let's see if I can do a little search. Here we go. You go ahead, and I'll, I'll talk as you. I mean, I'll research as you wow. talk. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, the they're fishing out that, that uh, or not that Hobgoblin band, but she's like, um, you know, they fished it out, and now it's, uh, it, you know, she's like, oh, we just got a call saying it every East Ampound Yard. And so, you know, of course, Peter heads back out to try to figure, you know, find out what the hell's going on. Um down at the impound yard, of course, there's goons going over the the battle van. You know, it, it's very reminiscent of, uh, or made me think of uh, that scene uh, of um, uh, Ben Stiller trying to tear apart the Herkimer battle van in Mystery Mystery Men. Oh yeah, remember that? Chunk it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so, so while they're tearing this thing apart, trying to find, you know, trying to take out all the tech in it and everything. 
uh, Spider-Man, you know, hits him with the uh, with the Spidey light, you know, with the with the what are the, what, are, what does Spider-Man call that? I've never seen that named. <sighs> you know, the spotlight that he does from his belt. I don't know if it has a name. That's a very good question. I've never, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure, like in one of those early Ditko issues, where they're, you know, because they used to love back in the '60s to like show all you all the equipment. The belt light. I yeah, I, I'll go. Spider I'll light? go back and research that. I've always wondered what they call that spider spider spotlight. I don't know. Here, uh, I found uh, according to Marvel.wikia.com, uh, Wendy Thornton has had six appearances in the Marvel universe. She she was in uh, I, it says her first appearances in issue two fifty three mm -hmm. of uh, Amazing. She was also in Amazing Spider Man Annual Volume One Number Eighteen, uh, the Wedding issue. She was uh, in the Wedding issue. That's what Maybe it says. Maybe she just appeared in it and had any dialogue Probably or something. Back. She was in two fifty three and two fifty four of Amazing, and also Spider Man Birth of Venom Volume One. Wow, I don't know. That, that's a trade, I think. Hmm. Anyway, the uh, the wiki says um, she was last seen at a Daily Bugle party for Peter and Mary Jane on the eve of their wedding. I guess Jonah fired her after that. I guess so. Well, I guess there was no need to say. Spider-Man was getting married. They didn't need a hot young reporter sitting around anymore. Well, evidently, it says she was a... Um, I'll just read it. It's really short. Yeah. Sports columnist for the Daily Bugle. She once went to a San Francisco Skyhawks versus the New York Mammoths football game with Peter Parker because her regular photographer was sick. There she met one of Parker's freshman chemistry students, Tony Nesters. Tony's brother, Ray, was a football star playing for the New York Mammoths, and after the game, Wendy went to the locker room <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. to get some post-game interviews. She arranged to get an exclusive interview with his brother, Ray, taking along Peter to shoot uh, background pictures. However, when they arrived at Ray Nestor's apartment, he went the other way because his brother had been kidnapped. Ray turned himself into the police and revealed his ties to organized gambling syndicates. Wendy was unfortunately unable to get that interview with Ray. She instead found out the reaction to Ray using a uh, confession with Mammoth's coach, Coach James Albertson. Her article was placed on page three of the Bugle, but she was disappointed that someone with so much potential could flush away their future. And that was from what issue? That was from... Uh, I guess the annual. Or maybe it's 253. I don't know. The, the link isn't really working well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from Amazing 253. Not long after the police hauled the Hobgoblin's battle wagon out of the Hudson, she overheard the police band where yep. she called Peter Grover to ask who would use it after it had been in the river for several weeks. But he disappeared to become Spider-Man. In the last appearance, she was last seen at a Daily Bugle party for Peter and Mary Jane on the eve of their wedding. There you I go. I liked it here that's because the way Leonardi draws her, mm -hmm. uh, you, don't, you don't know if it was either she or Leonardi who were confused as to whether she wanted a little pixie haircut or a mullet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'd go, I'd go pixie. <laughs> well, I mean, a couple of panels, yeah, but then one time she turns her hair and it's looking like a mullet. It looks like she's got party in the back. There you go. Wow. This gal's not been seen for 20 years. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wonder what she's doing today. Uh, well, probably nothing because she's fictional. Oh damn it! Nah. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So, Spider. What what other podcast on the internet can you hear a bio of Wendy Thornton I know, from the I Marvel know. Universe? We're the only one cool enough to do that. Hell yeah, we are. Uh, and you know, to, to go back to Mystery Men, we are you know we are number one. All others are number two or lower. <laughs> Heard that when the Sphinx says that. That's a great. Yeah. Have you have you watched that like recently? I watch. I pull that out and watch like Not like really. a couple times a year, just because there's so many just awesome lines in it. 
Yeah. Your son's a limey fork flinger mother. I mean, <laughs> my God. All right. So Spider-Man shows up at the impound yard, gets a jump on the goons, you know, who are tearing apart the – who have stolen the battle van and, and are trying to steal all the tech from it. Uh, and, you know, he, he starts, you know, slapping them around because they're just goons. Right. You know, when you've got generic thugs, Spider-Man will just slap them around. Kind of like the Avengers do in the movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they really they go up against like cannon fodder troops. I don't know. They, they don't really go up against street crime. I know. They just mass. Just there's mass. a bank robbery. We need Thor. Really, that's a little overkill, isn't it? <laughs> we need Thor for the bank robbery. Let, let's get uh, what's what's the sweaty Avenger? Um, what <laughs> the sweaty Avenger that nobody he stinks. Uh, D-Man. Let's get D-Man in there. How do you know he's sweaty and he stinks? We know he stinks, but how do you know it's from sweat? Uh, That's true. I'm assuming it's from sweat. You're assuming a lot here, Brad. I'm referencing that first issue of the Busek Perez where the Avengers wouldn't sit next to him in in the meeting. I remember Remember that, that, but that was because he stank, but where is that that he's from? But, you know, the character's homeless. Where is that that he's he's sweating? He's not athletic. (laughs) He's not out there playing rugby. Okay, and maybe it's going to the Avengers movie. He didn't have okay. didn't have a damn shower. All right then. All right. Why then. don't you show a little more a little more uh, concern, Brad, for for the you know? You know why they call him Because damn, <laughs> I, I have to go now. All right, yeah, I can't. No, it's <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go. All ahead. right, so speed, so so Peter, so Peter Speeder. is fighting these goons and just really just kicking the shit out of them. Uh, when suddenly his spider sense goes off and you know allows him to dodge just at the last moment, uh, a giant pumpkin bomb explosion. Right. And through the mist, he sees what looks like someone on the glider. You know, through the smoke, you know, it looks like there's someone on the glider. You know, coming at him and laughing. And Spider Man's like, "Oh my God, the hobgoblin!" And then no, it's not the hobgoblin. Well, it, it is. It isn't, but it kind of is in a way. Eventually, Eventually it is, it but is. it's not today. <laughs> um, no, no, it's it's Jason McIndale, the Jack O' Lantern, another pump, uh, pumpkin themed villain. Yes, who first showed up over in Spectacular number 50, 54. 54, Yeah, and um, so uh, no, it's fifty six. They tell us right here in the issue. Oh my bad, Spectacular Spider Man. It's right underneath the Hobgoblin in a little editorial box. Or uh, underneath okay. Jack Lantern in a little editorial box. So he shows up, and he's kind of got a similar stick, except he's he doesn't have a glider. He has a, what's called a pogo platform, which is another unfortunate name. This is like something the Trapster sold him. You know, or, does it does it hover, or does is there like pro, uh, propellers under? No, no, no. How, what, it, it hovers. It ho- it's like a hover, but craft. it can also bounce on things on that little uh, ball end that it has at the bottom. It right. can bounce on things and get like momentum and go in a different direction. So it can hover and bounce. Okay. So it's like a it's like a flying bounce house. Anyway. <laughs> but he's uh, he's kind of got a little bit of of the goblin shtick. You know, he's got uh, an energy blast. You know, mounted on his hand. Right. Uh, the green goblins, of course, use them from their fingers. Uh, Jack O' Lantern has them on something that looks like you know some kind of wrist blaster. Um, and, uh, and he's got bombs. He's got, uh, pumpkin bombs that he can throw out, you know, and, and he's got, uh, a green armored suit. And, of course, a, a giant flaming pumpkin for a head. Right. You know? Um, oh, man, the, the, it just makes you, it makes you think about the long, sordid tale of Mackendale, uh, from here on out. Yeah. Things just keep getting progressively worse for this guy. <laughs> All right, so, 
He's a he's a uh, Tom DeFalco creation. It says according to Wikipedia and Steve Ditko. No, I don't believe that. Uh, where does that come? From? What, what was his first appearance? Oh, Machine Man, nineteen. Okay, if uh, yeah, I think Ditko oh, was okay. was Ditko working on that. Wow, D- this is a Ditko creation. Well, I Whoa. mean, remember it's not unheard of because remember back then, uh, uh, Ditko was was working on Rom. Remember he was. Let me let me see if I can. This is what this is what I always find funny, Brad. Is you know yeah. you have all this Ditko and Stanley and history and everything, and then people people act like. Or a lot of people probably think that like like Steve Ditko just got mad and quit Spider Man, and walked away from Marvel and never went back. Yeah, people, he was people, in, he was in the, there in the eighties. Yeah, people think that of Kirby too sometimes. This, yep, I'm looking at the cover. That is very much Ditkoish. But both Kirby and oh wait a minute, I'm sorry, that's a, but yes, Ditko did pencil Machine Man Volume One Nineteen. Okay, from uh, February of eighty one. A writer was Tom DeFalco, penciler Steve Ditko inked. And the cover was by Frank Miller. Yeah, uh, you know, so uh, both you know both uh, Kirby and Ditko would eventually go back to Marvel. Yeah, and work on Kirby, Kirby with Captain America yeah. in the seventies and two thousand one and uh, what else? But anyway, Kur- uh, since Spider Man, let's stick to Spider Man. Ditko came back. <laughs> And did ROM. Yeah. And he, he did some. He created Squirrel Girl. One of his last things at Marvel was Squirrel Girl and Marvel Superheroes, which was a which was like an anthology I'm book. I'm surprised Marvel hasn't ever asked him to do a variant or something. I think they did for that uh, Amazing 700. Did they? And he just said, "No, I've got better things to do." Yeah. And he <laughs> also uh, created Speedball back in the late 80s. Yeah, I knew I that. I, I knew that. I, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but uh, I went to our local grocery store, and they they had the best spinner rack. And on the spinner rack, I saw Wolverine number one by John Buscema and who I forget who wrote. Well, uh, Claremont. Claremont Claremont wrote Claremont. that. And also underneath the spinner rack was Speedball number one. And I'm like, oh man, that's by Ditko, and it's a first issue. I'm going to pick up two copies of Wolverine number one and two copies of Speedball number one, and let's see which one uh, is worth more. Well, I still have both copies, and Wolverine number one is worth a lot more than Speedball. A little, probably, probably a little bit, yeah. 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 And what else? Ditko also did something else with Marvel uh, in the eighties. I'm trying to think. He did. He did a uh, dare, uh, Daredevil fill-in. I remember that. That was a weird, trippy one. Mm-hmm. And he did some Iron Man. Also, I remember. Did he? Yeah, he did. Like like a, like a one-shot kind of deal. Yeah. And years later, uh, they they produced. It was called from the Marvel Vault, and it was an unused. It was a half-finished Marvel team-up that I forget who wrote it. But Ditko penciled it, and it was Hulk versus Human Torch. Okay, so so is the Marvel Vault now now technically the Disney Vault? <laughs> I guess so. And but <laughs> except that they were different in that Marvel Vault actually showed you things that weren't used, whereas Disney <laughs> the Disney Vault shows you things that have already been used, but they're about to what, take what, away to generate demand. What what would Marvel put back in the vault? Because what, what, uh, Marvel. Oh. What should Marvel put back in the vault? What would what would be I'll good? I'll tell you this. I think what Marvel <laughs> would put back into the vault is yeah. very different than what the fans would want them to put back. <laughs> how does that sound? How about we How about we uh, take Mary Jane out of the vault? She's been in there too long. Uh, well, right now she's safe in the vault. 
Okay. <laughs> you have to understand. I mean, the slot yeah. cannot. Well, we don't want her out. We don't want her out with slots. Yeah, slot cannot her write her. Yeah. And so every yeah. time he handles the character, there's a potential for damage to be done. So this is why I'm apprehensive about renew your vows. But if if, if Mary Jane is is not being written by slot, if he has her go off with placeholder for a while, she is in a in a pocket space somewhere safe where he cannot hurt her. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, back to the fight. Back to Jack O' Lantern. Back to Jack O' Lantern. <laughs> that was a big. Uh, di- <laughs> what he throws? What? That was a big uh, divergent. Divergence. <laughs> Sorry. Was it? It, I feel, I I feel like Shailene Woodley now. I mean, you, <laughs> I'm divergent. You are divergent. <laughs> no, anyway. Uh, so, Hob, or Hob, I'm going to keep doing this throughout the entire thing. I'm going I'm I'm to keep saying Hobgob. Why are you sending me pictures during... Because that's, I'm showing you... <laughs> you're telling me to get back on topic, and then you're distracting me. Well, well I... I or, I'm sorry, through, you're divergenting me. What 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 threw me off is I'm looking at all these Ditko pictures from Machine Man number nineteen and I'm like I've never seen this. We, we can cool. we can do that after we're done talking about this. If we talk about it now, it's not compelling. It's not compelling audio. Oh, okay. For for the listener, you have to think about the listener here. I mean, I, I don't want to tell you your job, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hit all it. All right, hit me with the fight. So plug. Spidey and not Hobgoblin are fighting throughout the impound yard, and I I really like. As a as a younger reader, you know, I was reading this back in uh, junior high, mm-hmm. and this guy's look and just his his you know his weapon set and everything, I really liked it. Yeah, I did. Too. I, I was really into this fight, and and this was meant to be kind of. I think this was kind of meant to be like a filler, you know, kind of. Well, we can t- we can have the specter of the hobgoblin without really having the hobgoblin in here. It'll e- even deepen the mystery more. But I always regretted that. Um, that uh, Mackendale got away from this and went into being the and went into being the hobgoblin, you know, later on. After you know, after they thought that Ned Leeds was the hobgoblin and then he got killed, and then you know, so you know, you got Mackendale taken over. But I always thought there was lost potential for Jack O'Lantern. I was like, well, what about Jack O'Lantern? Jack O'Lantern was kind of cool. And then as a hobgoblin, I mean, he started off kind of cool, and then he just became kind of an kind of an asshat. Kind of a laughing stock, and then he started making deals with demons, and then it just was it just it went downhill so fast. Yeah, this you know. Anyway, I digress. So you know, he he makes a remark here. Spider Man throws a barrel at him. You know, he's like, "Oh, Spider Man's faster than last time I remembered, and stronger too. Those barrels must weigh hundreds of pounds each." And I'm like, "Dude, if those barrels weigh hundreds of pounds each, he could have done that in Amazing Fantasy 15." <laughs> True. You know, I I think yeah. here at this point because they're they're still just kind of getting to know one another, even though they've faced one another before. Uh, I, I'm guessing he never just witnessed the full raw display of Spider-Man's strength. Mm-hmm. You know, and anyway, so it's a very interesting fight because Spider-Man is very agile, and this guy's pogo platform thing that he's on makes him very agile. So the both of them are bouncing around and jumping around everywhere. Blasting at each other, throwing shit at one another—it's you know—and Leonardi did a good job of um, of drawing uh, bystanders, you know, looking onward. Uh, uh, remember, I, I I used to say this about Ron Friends. Mm-hmm. Where I he can he can draw a hell of a fight. He can draw a Spider-Man like, moving everywhere. He can draw a hell yeah. of a fight, but he can also draw the entire city block <laughs> where they're fighting. Yeah, I mean, like he he did not ever scrimp. You know, like some writer or uh, some artist will like have a. They'll have like one panel of the crowd's reaction 
you know, or something like that. And friends would put, you know, dozens of people into every damn panel. He'd have some old guy playing chess. Yeah. He'd have a gal walking a baby carriage. I mean, yeah. He'd have a splash page of Spider-Man, uh, you know, and, and you know, squaring off against somebody, you know, like uh, above above the street or something, and you're going to see that whole goddamn street. Yep. You know, Le- Leonardo isn't as a uh, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? It, what, what, what do you call it when an artist is kind of chatty that way? <laughs> you know, where they're not really where they're saying more with their art than the, you know. What is that? Uh, busy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, busy, works. busy, busy. busy. Is, uh, yeah. He's he's he does a good job of of conveying a scene and and having bystanders in it and and show them doing things. You know, he's, but boy, I tell you that Friends, Friends was just. It didn't yeah. get better for backgrounds, I don't think. So anyway, uh, now that I'm off on a Ron Friends tangent. You diverged. I did diverge. <laughs> yeah, I diverged mightily. Um, but uh, Spidey and uh, the Jackal Lantern eventually break out. Their fight breaks out of the impound yard, leaving their goons you know, to be like, well, uh, what do we do now? You know, Do we keep wrecking this thing for the boss? You know, Because they're clearly working for Jackal Lantern. Or, uh, or what do we do? And then suddenly the van starts up on its own. And speeds away. It breaks down the impound yard wall and just heads on out. And so the thugs are like, you know, you know oh, are we still going to get paid for, for today? What's going on? Are, are we going to get murdered for this? You know, <laughs> slightly Batmobile-ish, right? Uh, so yeah. Spider-Man and Jacqueline are now fighting through, you know, from city block to city block, out over the street. People are running around everywhere. You got uh, Jack-O-Lantern's uh, pogo platform boinging off the off the side of buildings and stuff. They're fighting at one point above, um, above like, the uh, the above-ground subway system, you know, the rail stuff they have there. You know, right. and Leonardo even draws a guy leaning out his window with a beer, shaking his fist at him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why you kids? Yeah. Get off my building! I mean, all the while, while they're chasing one another, I mean, or, or while Spider-Man's chasing them, you know, there's bombs getting thrown, there's you know, blasters getting shot out. It's an, it's a pretty good fight. Yeah. Um, eventually, they crash into a department store. Oh, and, yeah. Into the toy store of a department store. Uh, and and really, the moment I remember more from this than anything else. Let me guess. G.I. The G.I. Joe figure display. Yeah. They, yeah. They, during their fight, they crash into a, GI, a, a display of G.I. Joe action figures. And it's total product placement. Oh, it's total product placement, but I loved it because <laughs> at the time I was reading G.I. Joe and I was into G.I. Joe heavy, heavy into G.I. Joe back in the day. So yeah. when I saw this, I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah. You know, I, I just <laughs> love seeing that. Uh, in fact, when um, – when I wrote uh, when uh, the first GI Joe movie came out, and I wrote a review on it on the main page, head scratchingly enough, you know, like what the hell is it? How is this Spider Man related? This is the thing that I used to explain how this was Spider Man related, just so I could right. put up a GI Joe review. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, nice. So the, they're they're fighting through the toy store, uh, blasting at one another. Or Spider Man's not really blasting, but you know, he's getting blasted at. Um, and it's cool because now they're in a cramped space, you know, where, where Spider-Man can maybe maybe manage to get a hold of him. And sure enough, he does, and he hits him real hard. Yep. He hits Jack Lantern real hard, and he even because they're at a toy store, Spider-Man yells out, "I'll give you a hint, Jack. I didn't come from the Cabbage Patch." Because <laughs> remember back then, 
Cabbage Patch Kids. The Cabbage Patch Kid craze. For those of, and you know there there were a lot of fights in toy stores over that. There were. So that's, for folks, for <laughs> folks who are listening to this who don't know what we're talking about, who didn't yeah. live through the eighties. <laughs> um, the Cabbage Patch Kids dolls uh, that came out one year got so huge that people were fighting for them in toy stores because there was not enough supply to meet the demand. I bet you if you go to YouTube, I bet you can find a news report from Cabbage Patch Fights. I bet you could. I bet you could. Yeah. Have you ever been in a, in a, uh, a shopping environment where people are fighting for items? I have, I have been in one before where they're arguing for them but not fist fighting. I haven't been in a fist fight. I I was uh, I I've only gone Black Friday shopping once, and they had like two dollar DVDs or something. This is like the early two thousands. And my wife and I got up early and and uh, went to Target like at six a.m. or whatever. And I was looking through the bin with some other people, and this woman just kind of shoved me a little bit, just like elbowed me a little bit, like get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and I've never been Black Friday shopping since. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I've got relatives yeah. that will get up at five o'clock in the morning to get out, you know, to that kind of thing. And I'm like, y'all do that. I'm sleeping until ten. Yeah, and get doubt. up and eat some leftovers, and I'll do all my Christmas shopping probably like uh, ten days before Christmas. Or and do it online. <laughs> One year I did all my Christmas shopping by October. Yeah. You know, and I had ordered everything online. That was the. I, nice. Yet, you know, here's the thing, though. You, you you plan to do that every year, but you know, when you're a grown up, the year goes by so goddamn fast. I know. That's, uh, I know Christmas that. is on you like like nobody's. Which is funny because when you're a kid, you know. <laughs> oh, it took forever. Christmas takes like a, a year and a half to get to after Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, after Thanksgiving, it's just waiting for Christmas. You know, and and it takes it, it it does it takes forever in a goddamn day. When you're a grown up, that shit happens in, in about thirty minutes. That's true. <laughs> you know. Anyway, enough of Spider Man. Spider Man hits him so hard like a cabbage patch fight. En- enough yeah. of yeah. enough of my folksy uh, rustic humor. Uh, Spider Man <laughs> hits him on his pogo platform, and his pogo plat he, he grabs the edge of his pogo platform. Macindale does, and then he and then he bounces off of of, of like a shelf. Uh, near some Marvel hero toys, there's like a little action, uh, Iron Man action figure, and then he it, it throws him up into the ceiling. So it's uh, you know, and it sets off the fire extinguishers. It's, it's not a good, uh, not a good turn of events for Magandale. <laughs> so Spider Man pursues him in the toy store, <laughs> and again, not uh, not to segue again, but this this also made me think of remember the Blues Brothers where they're. Yeah. Where they're running yeah. from the cops and they they drive through exactly. a Toys R Us. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. When I read the fight, I also thought of an eighties movie, uh, Gremlins. Remember the fight yes. with, the, with the Gremlins? Where, yeah, yeah, I remember. The- and it's neat to see all the old toys in 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 um, the Blues Brothers and the Gremlins toy store. I know. I can't. Believe, that was just. Like, I can't believe they're gonna remake Gremlins. <laughs> bright light, bright light. I'm just like, why? What's that? You leave my. They're gonna be CG. Leave too, my. Bet. Leave my childhood alone. <laughs> so, uh, so at this point, Magandale is is trying to get away from Spidey. Cause Spidey, you know, in these cramped quarters now, Spidey's kind of got the upper hand. And and Spidey, while he's running away, Spidey whips out a a web line, hits the bottom of his pogo platform, and pulls the damn thing out from underneath him. And he goes sprawling in this beautiful panel. Into, into like some shelf space or an end cap or display of some kind, 
And then Spidey, you know, Rick Leonardi does one of those, you know, again, one of those moments when Spidey's moving so fast you see multiple Spideys in the panel. And he is just on Mackendale, grabbing him by the collar, hitting him in the head, banging on his, his helmet, pumpkin helmet, whatever. <laughs> getting all, Anybody home? Yeah, getting all in his face. And, yeah. uh, and then while Spider-Man's pummeling him, he manages to use his wrist blaster and um, – spark some live wires, you know, like hit, hit, hit like some kind of electrical array or lighting or some kind. And so you've got all of these live wires now and innocent bystanders like, like a mom and her kid are kind of caught in the crossfire. So Spider-Man has to – because of that, Spider-Man has to, um, has to stop attacking uh, Jack-O-Lantern and, uh, and save them and take care of the, uh, the electrical wiring that's going haywire. And Jack-O-Lantern uses that distraction – to jump away on the pogo platform so that he uh, so that uh, he can escape and then uh, Spider-Man can free himself up to go get yelled at by Nathan Lebinsky for the 87,000th time in a Spider-Man comic. <laughs> I was so glad when that old bastard died. Were you? Let me be honest. Uh, yeah. He was a dick. Well, do you like James, uh, Jameson Sr. better? No. No, you just don't. You just want Aunt May to be alone and sad and grieving. I, I don't know that she should be alone and sad. Um, I, I would probably like. To, I would probably like or be more opening to her having a boyfriend who yeah. a wasn't related to J. Jonah Jameson, and and b who you know we didn't show uh, her on top of in the sack. <laughs> was it was that Wade? I don't know, man. But that, you can't, you can't unsee that. No, you can't unsee that. Like, like I, I liked it when she, when she and Jarvis were kind of, were kind of flirting a little bit. I was like, you know, that that's kind of cute. I like that. You know, what broke that up. Her seeing, uh, Aunt, no, actually, I was about to say Quesada in one more day. Well, that's true. <laughs> no, I, wasn't he dating? She dating Jarvis and Uncle, the alternate reality Uncle Ben showed up. I can't remember back then. That was a Peter David friendly neighborhood story. I've slept since then. My bad. Go ahead. That was cute. Yeah, I agree. Uh, But yeah, I mean, my God. Yeah, Nathan Lebinsky was such a dick. And uh, I mean, a lot of it was him yelling at Peter, not realizing that Peter had this whole life of Spider-Man that was keeping him from Aunt May sometimes. Okay, let's break the fight down. Uh, Who's the winner in this one? Clearly, I would think Spider-Man. Why would you (laughs) think that? Did did Jack O'Leonard get hauled off to jail at the end? That's that's true. He did escape. This is a draw. It's a draw. My goodness. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's it's a draw. I mean, through. I mean, at different points, you know, uh, each each combatant had the upper hand, and uh, towards the end, Spider Man started really, you know, whipping ass because he's Spider Man, and that's what he does. Uh, but when Jack O' Lantern was able to use a diversion to get away, you know, by endangering uh, that mom and her kid in the toy store. Uh, but he he used that to get away. He, it wasn't a full 100% ass whipping. Uh, yeah, so the decision here is it's a draw. Man. That, that may be controversial. I don't know. <laughs> well, discuss it in the comment section on the front page and also our message. Yeah, but again, uh, a really good, uh, a really good issue. A really, really fun fight. Also, if you're a fan of Leonardi, uh, check which, out Spider-Man 99. Which you and I are. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job back in the day. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger and uh, 2099.